Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. today at Psalm 37. It's one of those psalms, it's not really a prayer, it's a a wisdom psalm. It's a psalm where David is addressing us as believers, as his readers. Now we're going back in time 3,000 years and letting somebody who lived over 3,000 years ago speak to us and speak wisdom to us. And King David is a good person to listen to when it comes to the wisdom of understanding the I am, understanding Yahweh. Yahweh is the name of God, and that name is used 17 times in this psalm. It's an emphasis that David wants us to have. When we think of God, he wants us to think of God in his name, in his name that he gives us, the I am. He is, is literally what the name of God means, Yahweh in Hebrew. It's the Hebrew ancient form of the verb, he is. In other words, it's going on the idea that God, when he says to Moses, I am the I am, that God is the source of all existence. It's a mysterious name. He is the giver of all life. Nothing exists that doesn't come from him. He is the God that is eternal. He's eternity itself. He's time itself. He is the constant present tense, the I am. And he is always 100% present with his people even though we are never going to get our mind around everything that the mysterious name of God means, it's a, it's a mysterious, infinitely, eternally mysterious name. It does give us a glimpse into understanding who is in charge of eternity, who is in charge of the universe, who created us and who created this entire universe. And we don't get to create our own universe. We don't get to live in our own universe. We have this belief now that we create our own identity. We create our own lives. That's all, of course, ridiculous because we live inside God's universe and he created us. And he is the one that will ultimately be the one we answer to for our lives. And it's easy to get either drawn in or intimidated by culturally powerful people, either culturally powerful because they have a lot of wealth, or because they have a lot of pop culture credence, uh, they're persuasive on social media, people see them as leaders in the culture. And when those culturally powerful people, whether it's because of their job or because of their wealth or because of their just their pop culture persuasiveness, following, when those culturally powerful people are powerful or prosperous because they disregard or reject Yahweh. It can cause us to lose courage in our faith. It can cause us to to struggle in our faith, to doubt even. And this was something that David could relate to. This is a psalm that David wrote. And it is a psalm that, as Jesus talks about when he talks about David being inspired by the Holy Spirit, we can safely say, according to Jesus, that the Holy Spirit gave David this psalm because this is to help us in our common struggle. It's always the common struggle of the people of God for thousands of years to live in a world where culturally prosperous and powerful people set the rules and cause us to doubt, cause us to get anxious, to be intimidated, to lose courage in our faith. And it makes it hard to walk with Yahweh. It makes makes it hard to trust in Yahweh. 
So David says in verse 1, fret not or do not fret. The ESV kind of keeps it in the order of the Hebrew. It would just be easily, I, I don't know why they don't say do not fret. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Now, in a lot of ways, David is putting their power and putting their prosperity and putting their wealth and putting their influence inside the real narrative because of who Yahweh is, because Yahweh created this universe. We live in his universe. David is quickly putting all of their prosperity, all of their cultural power, all of their wealth into the real narrative. But he's also acknowledging that the way their prosperity works now and their power works now causes the believer in Yahweh to tend to fret, to get anxious, to get intimidated, to be doubtful, to lose, lose courage. So he says in verse 3, in contrast to fretting, instead trust in Yahweh and do good. The idea here is that it's the doing good that is that matters in Yahweh's universe and matters in eternity because he is the I am. He is infinite. He is eternal. Trusting in the I am and doing good, dwelling in the land and befriending faithfulness. That's what he says. Dwell in the land and cultivate or befriend or feed on God's faithfulness. The ESV says befriend faithfulness. Uh, the NIV says, enjoy safe pasture. The NAS says, cultivate faithfulness. The idea is that we're feeding on the faithfulness of God. Delight yourself in the Lord, verse 4, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, what he's not saying there is whatever you want God to give you. He's saying that when you trust in Yahweh, when you delight yourself in Yahweh, the desires of your heart are more and more going to come from him. He's going to give you the desires that actually create a satisfied life. He alone can satisfy your heart's longing that he created, and he ultimately will give you what your heart longs for when you delight in him. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord, to Yahweh. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. In other words, it's, it's like the sun rising in the day. There's a progression to your life becoming more and more the kind of life that is reflecting the glory of Yahweh, the righteousness of Yahweh, the love of Yahweh, the goodness of Yahweh, the justice of Yahweh, the, the beauty of Yahweh is like the sun rising in the day and replacing the darkness. It's a process until it is high in the sky. And verse 7, be still before Yahweh, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not, there's that phrase again, Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So here's the idea, is that it's going to cause us to fret. It's going to cause us to doubt, to lose our courage, to, to be anxious, to be intimidated, to compare ourselves, to feel like we're missing out, to wonder if we're on the right path, to lose our courage, because it's going to cost us. Our courage to remain faithful to Yahweh, to remain faithful to the God of the Bible is going to cost us in a world 
that people who reject Yahweh, who reject the God of the Bible, are going to prosper. It's going to cost us. We're going to be anxious. We're going to compare ourselves. We're going to see ourselves on the losing end. And it might cost us on social media. It might cost us relationally at work. It might even cost us at work. It might cost us financially. It might cost us when it comes to just being people who don't prosper as much because we are committing our way to Yahweh. We're trusting in him. We're delighting ourselves in him. We're being still before him and waiting patiently for his promises, ultimately of the resurrection, ultimately of a restored world to come true. And so David says, fret not yourself, but be still before Yahweh and wait patiently for him. Commit your way to him. Trust in him. Delight yourself in the I am. Trust in, he says it again, the I am and do good. Dwell in the land. This is the land that is going to be a restored earth. That word land here in the Hebrew also means earth. It's kind of a double meaning. It meant the land that was promised to Abraham, but always that land meant the entire world, Paul says in Romans chapter 4. It was always a promise of a renewed, restored earth when Christ brings heaven back to earth. So David says in verse 8, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. In other words, don't let yourself get anxious. Don't become fretful. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. I love that phrase. Look, when you let yourself get anxious, when you let yourself get doubtful and you start fretting and you become worrisome and you compare and you get intimidated and you lose courage, it's just going to lead to evil. It's just going to bring about in your life something that is going to be destructive rather than redemptive. Ultimately, what David is saying here, look, remember the bigger story of reality because the I am is the creator and we live in his universe and it is his story that is taking place. Remember the bigger story. Remember, all who prosper apart from God will wither. They will fade to nothing. They will become nothing in the end. In many ways, this psalm is like what David said or what the psalmist said in Psalm 1. Remember we said back then it sets the tone for all of the psalms with this main principle of what all of life is about. All of history is showing this one thing, dependence upon God, dependence upon the will of God brings life. Independence from the will of God results in death. That's what everything is going to show in the end. That's the story our life is in. Dependence upon the will of God brings life. Independence from the will of God ultimately brings death. So he says in verse 9, for the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, those who wait for the I am shall inherit the land, or we could say shall inherit the earth. That phrase, shall inherit the land, is appears five times in this psalm. It's an emphasis. Look, you're either going to inherit the earth, this renewed, restored earth, and the resurrection that Christ brings in his resurrection, by his resurrection. It's already started. It's already begun because he has already risen from the dead. His body is the first of a new creation. His body is the first of a new earth. And this restored earth is what the believer in Christ, those in Christ who have a resurrection like Christ, will inherit. This eternal promise, inherit in the earth, inheriting the land. So he says in verse 10, in just a little while, comparatively to the bigger story of eternity, in just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. 
but the meek shall inherit the land, or we could say the meek shall inherit the earth. And that's the verse that Jesus quotes in Matthew 5, 5 in the Beatitudes, the meek shall inherit the earth. Jesus is quoting from this psalm. Jesus saw this psalm as the Holy Spirit's word, and he quotes it, and it becomes part of Jesus's teaching in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 5. The meek shall inherit the land, shall inherit the earth. It's hard to be meek when we envy those who are prosperous culturally, who are powerful culturally, wealthy, because they reject Yahweh, they're doing well. People see them as powerful. People see them as influencers. We want to fret. But David says, look, meekness is the way of the eternal story. Meekness is the way in God's universe. Refrain from anger. Do not fret. It tends only to evil. Be still before Yahweh. Wait patiently for him. Commit your way to him. Trust in him. Delight yourself in him. Trust in him. I'm just repeating these verses. And do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate. Feed on. Befriend his faithfulness. Live by his faithfulness. So David says in 16, it is better, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. There's going to be abundance that those who reject the will of God have in this world. But that abundance is a trick. It's like grass. It's going to wither. It's going to become nothing. It's better to have a little this side of the resurrection than the abundance of rejecting Yahweh. The meek will inherit the earth and delight themselves in abundant peace, he says in verse 11. The meek will inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant shalom, abundant well-being, abundant flourishing, abundant beauty and glory and love. But verse 20, but the wicked will perish. The enemies of Yahweh, the enemies of the Lord, are like the glory of the pastors. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. So verse 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the earth, inherit the land. This is what we have to keep in mind when we compare ourselves, when it's really difficult not to compare our lives to those who are prospering by rejecting God, who question and challenge and mock and scoff at the Bible and scoff at the way of Christ and scoff at the way of God. They prosper and it gets intimidating and we can worry and we can fret and we can get angry and we can lose our courage, become doubtful. David says, don't do it. Don't fret because you live inside God's universe and you live inside a bigger story. So trust in him. Commit your way to him. Delight in him. The meek inherit the earth forever. You will inherit the promise of abundant shalom, abundant flourishing, abundant glory in the promise of God, but the wicked will perish. I don't know where this psalm speaks to you in your life right now. I don't know what the things are in your life that are causing you sometimes to lose courage, to want to compromise your faith, to want to compromise your stand on the teachings of the Bible. It's common for all God's people to get intimidated by those who scoff at it, especially when they have cultural power, cultural influence. 
But I want to trust in the words of David because Jesus trusted in the words of David when he quoted from this psalm in the Beatitudes. Jesus died. He rose from the dead. He is Yahweh himself, and he's going to return and bring heaven back to earth, and we are going to inherit the land. I want to put all in. I want to put my nickel down. I want to go all in on the words of Jesus, the actions of Jesus. He has already begun the resurrection. He has already begun the bigger story by rising from the dead, the restoration of this earth. I'm putting my nickel down on what David said. Rather than all the thousands of years of people who culturally prosper and then they just wither away and they're gone. I want to be in the forever story with Yahweh. I want to stand with Yahweh. I want to delight myself in him. I want to commit my way to him. I want to trust in him. I want to wait for him. I want to do good and feed on his faithfulness, his promise. Now, even though this psalm is not a prayer, I've always found it to be one of the best psalms for my own prayer, at least, because there's some phrases in here that David uses that really resonate with me when I pray. So let's take a moment right now and pray some of these powerful phrases, phrases that Jesus himself quoted when he lived, because I'm sure Jesus prayed through this psalm. And I want to do that as well, because these phrases are powerful. And when I pray them, they resonate, they go down deeper into my heart, my mind, my soul. Let me lead us in a time of prayer right now. Oh, Yahweh, the I am, you are the source of all existence. Nothing exists that hasn't come from you. You spoke it into existence. You created the entire universe. Everything exists because you are the source of all being. You're the author of all life. No life lives apart from your will your gift. You are the giver of all life and you are the eternal one. Forever infinite past, forever infinite future, you are God. And you are always in the present tense, always present with me without being any less present anywhere else because you are infinite. You are here with me right now, 100% focused on me, with me, the one who created this entire universe, the one who is existence itself is with me right now with eyes of love, eyes of commitment, because you have committed yourself to me by becoming human, dying on the cross and breaking through the other side of death for me so that I don't have to go the way of grass, go the way of the grass of the field, but I can live forever on your renewed earth. You have risen from the dead so that I can have life. I can inherit the land. I can inherit the earth and enjoy abundant shalom in your presence and the presence of your redeemed, glorified, new community centered on Jesus. I have no idea all that this means, but it is a promise that you give me. It is a promise that you came and died and rose from the dead as a human being forever to give me. And I don't want to be fooled by somebody else who boasts a big boast on social media, scoffs at your way of scripture, your way of righteousness, your way of goodness, your way of faithfulness, scoffs at the way of Jesus. I want to stand with Jesus. I want to stand here 
along with David on the side of Jesus, on the side of Yahweh, on the side of the creator of this universe. And so I'm not going to let myself fret. I'm not going to let myself lose confidence, become intimidated by, be anxious because those who reject your way become powerful, wealthy, influential, convincing. People follow them. I want to put all of their prosperity into the real story. It's just a breath. It's like grass. It's going to wither and fade. I want to trust in you. Believe you. Rely on you. Believe your word. Believe that you spoke truth, Jesus, when you lived. Your miracles showed this renewed creation that you came to give. And I want to go all in. I want to trust your promise. I want to trust your word. And I want to do good. Even now, I want to dwell in the land and feed off of your faithfulness, your faithfulness to your promise. I want to delight myself in you. Delight myself in the God that created this universe. Delight myself in my creator, the God that created all the longings in my heart. Only you can fill because you are the fountain of living waters. You are the stream of water, bright as crystal that satisfies my thirsty soul. You are the bread of heaven that feeds my hunger forever. You are the good shepherd that leads me to green pastures. I want to feed off of your faithfulness. I want to delight myself in you because only you bring delight to my heart. Only you satisfy the desires of my heart. I want to commit my way to you, commit my day to you, commit everything to you, commit my life to you, commit all my plans to you, submit to you because dependence upon your will is life flourishing forever. Independence from your will is death. So I commit my way to you and I trust in you. I want to be still even now before you because you are God, you are Yahweh, and I want to wait patiently because you are faithful to your promise. Jesus has already started the new creation. I wait patiently to inherit the earth along with all the meek, along with all those who commit their way to you, who trust in you, who delight themselves in you. I don't want to fret it's just going to lead to evil. I want to refrain from anger and trust in you and delight myself in you and delight myself in inheriting the earth that Jesus died and rose from the dead to bring heaven back to and therefore delight myself forever in abundant shalom. Better is the little that I have now than the abundance of the many things the wicked have because what they have will all be lost and they won't even be able to keep themselves alive. They will vanish, they will perish, but the meek shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in abundant peace. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. So I want to wait for you, delight myself in you, commit myself to you, Commit all my things to you, all my life to you, all my plans to you, and trust in you, and wait for you, and keep your way, and you will exalt me to inherit the earth. 
because Jesus has already done it. It's already happening. And so I wait for you and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.